0: Welcome to the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise podcast with global sales trainer and professional speaker, Lois Kofi. Each week, it is her goal to share inspiration and education for you to be, do, have the best health and wealth and wisdom for your life.
1: Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I see my friends in India have already joined us, so we're super excited to have you guys here for a special edition of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. My name is Lois Kofi. If you've never met me before, I'm a sales trainer, coach, entrepreneur who really is passionate about you living your best life. And that's why I called my show Healthy and Wealthy and Wise each week. I bring to you guys health experts, wealth experts, and people who have specific knowledge, and I call it wisdom, to help you grow your business, grow yourself, and really truly, again, live your best life. So today, I'm super honored to have a special guest. Normally, I do these live shows on Fridays, um, but I have with me my mentor, um, Brian Moran, who is the co-author of the New York Times bestselling book, The 12-Week Year. And if you've never heard of it, um, you're definitely going to hear about it today. <laughs> um, and we're really excited to have you here, Brian. I'm I'm going to let you turn it over to you and and allow you to just share with us your story, your background, and a little bit more about why you do what you do
0: with the 12 week year. Great. Well, Lois, um, thanks for having me. It's good good to spend some time with you and in, in uh, your community. So, a little background on me: I uh, I came up through corporate America. I started with UPS. Paying my way through college, um, got promoted with them, decided I wanted out of Michigan, wanted to be in Southern Cal, moved there, got in with PepsiCo, advanced with them, and then ended up at a consulting firm and ultimately got an offer from one of our clients to be um, vice president of sales and service for them. But I had this inkling to, to be on my own, you know, to be an entrepreneur. Um, and um, so when, when I got an opportunity, we moved back to Michigan And uh, and I got involved in a startup company in health services and still own a a chunk of that today. And I'm on the board. But um, my job was to set it all up. And so we do on site medical surveillance. Um, And I was doing that and I got the company going and I got things running. But it wasn't where my passion was. My passion was really about coaching and training and teaching and speaking. And and so a friend of mine wanted to start a consulting firm. And wanted me to be part of it, and so I said sure. And as we got started, he had five kids under five. <laughs> so, so about six months in, he's like, "I gotta go get a real job." I'm like, "Okay, see ya. And and I, you know, um, I kept going because it's really what I what I love to do, and it was a great fit. And then right after 9 11, um, I got a call from. Uh, a guy I knew from the consulting firm we both worked at. I had met him there. He was from Michigan originally. Um, he was in Reno. I was in Southern Cal, and we'd done some projects together. And he was just coming back from Europe, and uh, my business was starting to take off. So it worked out great. So that's where Michael Lennington joined me, and he and I uh, co-authored the book and um, you know are still business partners today. Um, so we fast forward to today, you know, everything we do at the Twelve Week Year is designed to help people perform at their best and get more of what they want faster. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the short version of my background.
1: I know you've lived a long life and um, not a long life and not, and not making you <laughs> yeah, sound old, old, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I just I can relate. Like I always joke, I'm I'm 42. I turn 43 next week. I'm I'm not. I have no shame in sharing my age, and I feel like when I tell people my story, uh, they're like, "How old are you again?" Um, because <laughs> I've gone
0: through Los, a let lot. Me warn you, it goes from 43 to 60 like that. So <laughs> it just, it, yeah, it goes oh, that's
1: the, But the good news is now I have the 12 week year. So I'm actually go. what is that in dog years? Like like in 12 yeah, week years, I'm going to love to be. A thousand. And and that's what I love really quickly for those of you who haven't read the book and why did I get so passionate about it? Why did I become a 12 week year certified trainer? Right? Um, Because that's, that's a bigger commitment. Um, I went all in. I found the book four years ago, guys. And I loved it. I'm gonna ta- let Brian share more about the science behind it because I have a fitness background. I'm an Ironman triathlete. So when I, I read the book, it had been about six years into motherhood. I don't. I didn't have five under five, but mm. even just two under five, um, or around. It was like six at that time. I was just like there was a lot of fog. Like I, I my predict my productivity had gone down in life and I was feeling scattered, you know, becoming a mom and going through this journey in business and, and doing volunteerism. And just, I was kind of like spread a little bit yeah. or a lot of it too thin. Right. And so when I read your book four years ago, I'm not kidding guys, the next two 12 week years, which is six months to equivalency, I got way more done. Like my productivity just shot through the roof. My income went up, my my focus, my clarity of purpose, just everything magnified. And I I, I, I can't give you exact numbers, but I, I felt like in those six months, I got more done than I had in those previous. And I, I it really resonated with me, Brian, because it's all about the science of periodization. So can you share more about that science and, and why people can get so much done at a high level with what your book teaches?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you bet. So it's interesting because <clears throat> Michael and I had been working with the fundamentals of execution and high performance. Because what we realized is look, it's not, it's not about ideas, it's not about strategy, it's not about resources. The the thing that limits most folks is a lack of execution. And so when we looked at what's the value we're going to bring to the marketplace, it was we were clear it was a, around helping our clients execute more effectively. Because if they if they just did more of what they already know without learning anything new. Right, they they'd make more money. They had better relationships. They had better health. And so, as we were working with those fundamentals, um, a client of ours um, was into cycling, and this was back when Lance was cycling and winning the Tour de France and the U.S. Postal Team, and and he was talking about periodization. And I remember that uh, from college, from bodybuilding. And um, so Michael and I took a look at that again and said, you know what, that has applicability for what we're doing. So. So periodization as an athletic training process began in the 70s in Eastern Europe, initially with Olympic athletes designed to create breakthrough performance. And it works so well that it's used in most sports today. But but let me give an example. Um, In in cycling, for instance, the way they used to train would be like Monday would be a light ride, Tuesday would be sprints, Wednesday would be hill climbing, Thursday would be road, that type of thing. And they'd kind of go through that each week and they'd have that routine. With periodization, they take one of those disciplines, like, like climbing, and they'd work on it every day for a period of time, um, four to six weeks typically. And then they'd go to the next discipline. And so what they're doing with that is they're raising the baseline physically and emotionally to handle a higher load. Um, and then they'd cycle through again and again. So so it's really um, – we looked at that and we said, okay, um, how do we apply that outside of athletics? And what we what we took from that was really this this issue of focus and and concentrated effort for a shorter period of time and then rest, recover, and do it again. And so as we were working with our clients, you know, we did Lois, what most people do, probably what your your community does, right? When we set goals, we help them set annual goals and we broke them down quarterly and monthly and weekly um and, and we got good results but we didn't get what they were capable of and and so that's where we started to look at different time frames and take the the fundamental concepts of periodization and how do we apply that in a setting outside of athletics in in a personal setting in a business setting and so that's really where the 12 week year was born and when we married that with the fundamentals it was like um it was like supercharging everything um it gave It gave a sense of urgency, a healthy sense of urgency to the work um, where there's a hard line in the sand every 12 weeks. It was long enough that you could make profound progress, but near enough where you didn't lose sight of the deadline. There was just so many things around that that just made it so effective. And, And what's interesting about that is it challenged a notion that no one even had thought about, right? Everyone... Always planned. They did annual planning, and because that's what we were taught to do, even in public companies where it's quarterly, that quarterly planning that they do is still in the context of an annual number. If we hit the annual number, we're fine. And and the problem we saw with that was just the opportunity to procrastinate and put things off, even for the most disciplined people. You know, if if I've got to get there by the end of January, that's a lot of time. So I, I don't I don't have to be really focused today. And and that's the difference between people operating at what they're capable of and and less than that. And so the twelve week year creates this healthy sense of urgency, and uh, and and really, you know, kind of calls you out to to be your best day in and day out.
1: I love that. Yeah, because you teach, and please correct me, I'm, I'm certified, but you are the master. <laughs> so you, in a 12-week year, you, the goal, guys, is to get more done in 12 weeks than the average person does in 12 months. I mean, look at New Year's resolutions. Why do they fail by February 1st is because everyone, you, you talked about, I wrote this down, physically and emotionally. We are an evolving soul being of physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. You cover all of this stuff in the book. And to make such a hard shift and change when it comes to annualized thinking, also known as New Year's resolutions to a lot yeah, of right. everyday people, right? That's just too much, like yeah. really all at once. And, and then you think you have forever. So you you talk about in the 12-week year, one day – in 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 the mindset, you want to think of one day is one week, one week is like one month, and then the twelve weeks is is like a year, right? Can you speak to to that a little bit more so they understand?
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about if you think about twelve weeks as a year, there aren't four of those in the year. That's annualized thinking. There's this twelve week year followed by the next. And so if your year really is twelve weeks, then it brings a lot more importance to this week, this day, which is really where execution happens. It doesn't. It doesn't happen monthly and quarterly and semi-annually. It it really happens day by day, week by week. And so with the 12-week year, you know, one of the things it causes you to do because it's 12 weeks is to really focus in. One of the fundamental flaws in annualized planning that people don't even realize is that they take on too much Mm. because they think, well, I got 12 months. So I can have all these goals and all these tactics and all these actions. And they start out overwhelmed. They go through the year diffused. There's very little progress made. And so one of the fundamental tenets of the 12-week year is really focusing in on a few things. Let's be great at a few things versus mediocre at many. And and the reason we can do that is because we're not trying to plan for um, 12 months. We're planning for 12 weeks. At the end of that time, you're going to come back and you're going to look at what worked and what didn't work. Um, where were assumptions on, where were they off, and you're going to lock and load and, and go again. So it's just, it's a, it's a way of operating. There's a cadence to it um, that really is a, is a healthier cadence. And it's not like we're saying, hey, you're going to take everything you would do in 12 months and try and cram it into 12 weeks. That's not what we're saying. We're saying accomplishing more in 12 weeks than most do in 12 months. And it's not necessarily by doing more. It's just about focusing more consistently on the, on the most important things.
1: I love it. That's it's uh you, you remind me of of Jim Rohn's uh, quote, "Major in the minor things." That's what I loved about the book, as well as it did have me focus. You know, as an athlete, I had to focus on the run, then yeah. I had to focus yeah. on the swim, then I had to focus on, on the bike, and then I was, I was really present. So that's why, you know, having just two personal and one professional or one personal and two professional goals and, and making them specific, all of those things that you talk about in the book or that just resonated with me and helped me focus yeah. so much. Can you can you share um, more about that focus? I, I know we're not going to share any images on the screen, and I talk a lot about "quote unquote" time management, but it's really more choice management and time blocking. So can you can you share more about that? And maybe even think about you know this this whole COVID thing, this this new normal. Now people they're not maybe driving to the office, but they're they're at home. They have kids who are distance learning. They're juggling all yeah. the things. So can, have you? coach differently with that going on when it, in regards to time blocking?
0: Yeah. So one of the things you got to remember is to be effective with your time, there's some things you need to have in place first. Right, The first thing you need to know is what do you want? That's a vision question, really. If you're not clear on that, you can't be effective with your time. The next thing is what matters most. That's the planning question. The next thing is, are you doing it? That's the execution question. Next thing is, is it working? That's the scorekeeping question. So we just went through four of the five disciplines, the fifth discipline being time use. And and I would argue uh, pretty vehemently that you have to have the other four in place to really be effective with time use. Um, and so when we have those pieces in place, now it gives us some context to think about, okay, I know what matters most. How do I structure my time to, to focus in on that? Because there will always be more to do than you have time to do it. Right. And, and if we're not clear on that, then what happens is we take the day as it comes and and uh, now we're not in control of our destiny at all. We're not in control of our results because we're just taking the day as it comes. When I, when I know what matters most and I know how that leads to the life I want to live and what's important to me and now I can begin to block my time more effectively. And with people working at home and, you know, so many of the kids not going back to school, it's virtual, right? You've got to create new routines. And so, um, you know, I was just working on my model work week today, looking at, okay, what are the, what are the quality outputs that matter most for me in my role in my company? And how do I, how do I work my week so that I I have time for that stuff more than anything else. So it's that it's that scenario of let's start with the big rocks. Those are the big rocks. And then I'm going to let the rest of they kind of fill in, knowing that I'm not going to get to everything, um, which is different than the way most people work. Most people work kind of the way they save, right? If there's any money left over at the end of the month, I'll, I'll save and invest. In the, and there's never any money. So same thing with time, right? I've got to start with what matters most, let the rest fill in. And And with kids now, I mean, you've got the you've saved the commute time, but with kids at home, you know there's lots of interruptions. So you need to plan for that. You need to understand. You need margin in your day. There's going to be things that come up and happen. But Mm -hmm. the way I win the week, honestly, is by executing what's in my plan for this week. So regardless of what blows up, the kids can't get online. There's a problem with that. I've got it. Pulls me out of the game for hours. Whatever doesn't matter really if, if I get the things done that I need to get done this week from an activity standpoint, right? I don't control the outcomes. I control the actions. So that's why that planning piece is so important and it's critical to get tactical in the plan. But if I get those things done this week, I had a great week because if I do that enough, the results will come. <laughs> um, because you focus all on I really control of the actions. Yeah. So blocking out time for those and not getting, not getting too anxious or really um, spun around the axis on, boy, you know, I'm getting pulled here, I'm getting pulled here. That's just, that's part of the new realities for people. Um, how do I still get the the key things done that I need to get done this week?
1: Mm, that's so good, that's so good. And I, I put this on the screen guys, if you can see it right now, comment below with questions. Um, if you do have questions, I'm, I know that Brian would love to hear from you and that's why I do this live. So you guys are a part of this as well as me. Um, When you you, you talked about something in the book that are known as buffer blocks, if you've never read the book, you know, that was a huge thing for me, uh, Brian, because, oh, my gosh, in this day and age, and I can only imagine for you, but I'm finding it more and more, the more people that know me, the more yeah. people that want my attention they want my time they can find me on facebook there's email there's text there's whatsapp there's voxer and it, your buffer blocks really almost i think <laughs> i'm going to be a little you know crazy here in saying this maybe but it saved my life because <laughs> as a mom as a mom i was becoming you know frenetic and then when i had all these people say, hey, did you get my email? Hey, did you get this? Hey, did you check, you know, that? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like, I didn't have control of my time and energy, but I, that was my own fault, right? I, I set those buffer blocks in place, you know, two times a day, checking email, checking some of those apps and the rest of it was productive, outbound focus time. Can you speak more on why that's so valuable?
0: Yeah, it's really easy just to have the day consume you. And, and so, again, especially if we don't, if we're not working from a tactical plan and, and, and those other pieces aren't in place. So buffer blocks are designed to deal with the interruptions and the low level things. And, and so we we block out certain times during the day when we're going to go through our email, when we go through our voicemail, when we're going to take some of those drop ins and things like that. Because if we don't do that, what happens is, is, and we've all had this, right? You get to the end of your day and you look back and all you've done is dealt with everybody else's stuff. And yep. none of it moves the needle because it's not the important stuff that's beeping your inbox and knocking on your door. It's always Stop making
1: you money. Making it's not you making, money making you money
0: necessarily. <laughs> it's not making you more successful. And, and so, you know, that concept of time blocking is we're going to block out time for the stuff that matters most. We're also going to block out time for this other stuff that I got to weed through. And that's what we call a buffer block. And it might be 15 minutes. It might be an hour. It might be once a day. It might be three times a day. It depends on, how much of that stuff you have. But what it allows you to do is mentally know that, okay, I have a time slotted where I can deal with that. I don't have to check my email every 10 minutes. Um, I don't have to re answer the phone every time it rings because I know there's certain times of the day I return calls and, and I deal with emails and I deal with that stuff. So it allows me to be more on purpose throughout the other parts of the day. Um, David Allen, if you know David Allen at all, you know, he talks about open commitment loops, and it's the things we hold in our head that, after we get a couple of them, start to weigh us down, and and that's why buffer blocks are so effective because otherwise, there's this notion of oh I got to check my email, I got to get to this, and that can also become um, great avoidance activity, right? I was I was supposed to do something strategic that may be a little uncomfortable for me, so I better go check my email, and of course there's you know fifty emails in there that I can spend hours dealing with. Um, so those those buffer blocks are really critical in terms of me taking control of my day, uh, making sure I have time for the important stuff, and yet cleaning up some of that little stuff that that can bury you if you don't have a way of dealing with it.
1: That's so good. Yeah, because I remember that was why your book came at the right time, because when I was in real estate back in the day, I call it BK before kids. Um, I, would, I had even on my voicemail, it said, I'll return your calls today between 11 and 12, and four and five. And I now when I read your book four years ago, I implemented that in my email. Um, you know, the only thing is now the you know, Facebook doesn't have an out of office message. Right. <laughs> but you, you just got to educate guys. You just got to educate your your connections and, and, and teach them to respect your time because, um, it's, it's great. I have two kids that are demanding mommy, mommy, you know, daddy, daddy, but to have and allow other people into your life so closely to always want your time that, that really, was a big, it was a struggle for me to really shift from that because I was so used to my kids and interruptions in my day. So it, it threw me off. So that's why I wanted to have you now, especially with everybody who's probably at home and can't, can't escape. It's easy to get, get sloppy. Um, we do have a question here um, cool. from Ted Snyder. I know he's read your book. I consumed it uh, voraciously. Uh, he's asking, what is the best way to make sure you finish out all 12 weeks instead of stopping at week 10, five or two? Like, let's say you had a lot of things go sideways and now you're like, Ugh, I just should start over. You know, how do you go all the way through?
0: Yeah, great question because there is this tendency if I'm in week six or seven and things get derailed, right it it feels like boy it'd be better just to start fresh the the truth of the matter is if you do that what happens is you start to train yourself to bail on it and um and so we never give up on a 12 week year we don't go back and reset the goal we may we may adjust tactics as the marketplace tells us what's working and what's not working but we don't abandon the goal and and so there's a there's a discipline to stay in with it that you just have to decide up front i'm going to run this 12 weeks and, and I may stumble in the middle of it. That's okay. Um, I'm not going to worry about last week because I can't do anything about last week. I'm going to focus on this week. So if if week seven went to hell and I'm in week eight, I'm not, I'm not going to get all twisted about over week seven. I'm just going to go, you know what? I lost a week. Um, I can't do anything about that. I can learn from it and make sure that I'm productive this week. So just pick it up wherever you're at. Um, and and run it through to the end, and then celebrate the progress. Because even in a 12-week year where you don't hit the goals, there's progress being made. There's learning that's happening. There's insights you're gaining about your tendencies and what it takes to get you um, to work on the things that matter most. Um, and that really is, um, that's really the core of success, is understanding what it takes for you to do the things that are uncomfortable and do the things that on a consistent basis that are really going to drive you, your success. And so every time you bail on that, it just makes it that much easier next time to bail on it. So just make the commitment up front that, look, I'm going to I'm gonna run it. Out. I don't care how disastrous it is. <laughs> I'm going to run it out to the end. And, and when the clock runs out at the end of week 12, I'm going to look back and I'm going to learn from that. And I'm going to gain insights from that. And I'm going to celebrate whatever. I, at least I'm going to celebrate the fact that I finished it. If nothing else, I finished it um and and there's um there's a lot of good things that come out of that um so i think that lois i think that is more um really just a mindset that says look i'm not gonna let myself off the hook i'm not i'm not gonna bail
1: it's about the journey right not the destination and then because i tell that to people all the time did every like the first 12-week year, a lot of people put pressure on themselves. So, guys, just give yourself grace and love and compassion and know that it's like the first 5K I ever did. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was committed. I did it, and I learned from it. And then I went out and did it again, and I got I got better. So right. I, right. I love your your three components of the book, too. Speak to what you just said, commitment, accountability, and greatness in the moment. Can you speak to that a little bit? And then we're getting more questions in. So I hope you're okay on time. Um, yeah, just yeah, let me I'm know.
0: Good. I'm good. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so so <clears throat> there's five disciplines which we talked about. The vision, the planning, process, control, scorekeeping, time use. There's also three principles that are that are really more character-based, that <clears throat> are the fundamentals of success in life. And it's, it's accountability. It's this notion of accountability, not as consequences, but as ownership. Mm. that, excuse me, um, that ultimately you have free will choice and, and taking ownership of your goals and your actions and your situation, because that's when you're going to be in the best possible position to influence in a way that is productive and, and yields the results you're after. The notion of commitment is closely tied to that. That's this notion of, you know, following through on the things I say I'm going to follow through on. And, and with the 12-week year, you know, we, we look at commitments on two levels. First is the, the personal commitments I make to myself. I'm going to work out, spend time with my family, make my sales calls, whatever it is. And then there's uh, commitments I make to others. And so just getting more effective on those two levels, we get more of what we want in life. And then the third principle is greatness in the moment. That's the notion, this realization that really life is lived in the moment, that that's really all we have. A minute ago exists as a memory. Uh, The future's not here. Where life is lived is in the moment. And this notion of greatness in the moment is the realization that uh, if I'm great in the moment, it'll show up in my results. Sometimes we think that the results themselves are what define greatness or what create it. Right. I would argue Michael Phelps didn't become great when he won his 22nd gold medal. I don't know how many he's won, 21, 22, <laughs> like that. Right. but but it happened years before that when he decided to do the things he needed to do, that those results are just the confirmation of it. And Why? Because we don't control the outcomes. We control the actions. So in the moment, am I taking the actions that I, I know I need to take in order to create the life I want to live? Physically, am I doing the things to be healthy? Mentally, am I doing the things to, to manage you know, my mindset? Um, from a business standpoint, am I doing the things in my business or in my career to get me where I want to be? Um, you know, we talk about, hey, if you want to predict the future, look to your daily actions. You want to know what your health is going to be like three years from today? Look to daily actions. You want to know what your relationships are going to be like three years from today? Look to daily actions. You want to know what your, your income, your career is going to be like three years from today? look to daily actions, because that's what's creating your future.
1: That's so powerful. I love this stuff. We could go all day. Um, I've got a, another question. And, and then this actually kind of goes back to the history. I'd like you to explain the the name, the first name of the book was not the 12 week year, right? It was it was something else. Um, so one of the questions was, what has evolved for you, Brian, since this first was published? So I think it'd be kind of fun for you to take them a little bit in a okay. clip notes version on that journey and what's evolved for you since you first published it.
0: Yeah, so interestingly, Michael and I were going to a conference where we were going to be a vendor. And we were thinking about, you know, what shiny pieces of paper do we want to hand out kind of stuff. And I had been thinking about writing a book and <clears throat> talked to some ghost authors and didn't like that that um that process. And so I said to Michael, I said, look, let's just write a short format book let's leave out all the fluff. We'll, we'll just self publish it. So we wrote um, the precursor to 12 week year. It was called periodization, 12 weeks to breakthrough. We wrote it in 12 weeks. We went down to Kinko's and the big gamble was, do we print 50? Do we print a hundred? You know, we didn't want to bring any back. So, so we gambled and printed a hundred and went to the show. And I think we sold them for like 10 bucks a piece and we sold out of them. And over the next couple of years, we sold a couple hundred thousand copies of that book. And um, then we got introduced to Wiley and Wiley said, okay, we want to publish that thing. And so when they did, they gave us an opportunity to expand it a little bit. They actually wanted a bigger book than we created. And we said, look, you guys don't get it. That's why the book sells (laughs) because it's a quick read. So the current book, if you look at it, has two sections the first I think 60 64 pages is much like the original thesis. That was the whole book in the past. and then the back half is, is a deeper dive. And so we published that. it went New York Times bestseller um, on my wife's birthday, June 9th, which was kind of fun and awesome uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it continues to sell year in and year out. It's kind of an anomaly. In uh, that most books peak about eighteen months out, ours continues to sell sell more, and I think that's it's because we didn't we didn't sit down and theorize something. We wrote about what we were doing with our clients, you know. So we had we had worked with these concepts, we had tested them in the marketplace, we called out what didn't work, and we just documented what we were doing that worked. and And I think that's why the book resonates, and I think that's why it's so effective. I mean, it, it's the core of our business. Um, and now we're working on our next book uh, with Wiley. Again, they've contracted with us and it'll be, it'll be on accountability.
1: Oh, I love accountability. I know you talked yeah. about it's, it's ownership. It's not uh, a lot of people think, oh, accountability. Right.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> but, uh, accountability. But I'm excited about that. You yeah. shifted my paradigm on that because a lot of people are scared of that word. And I've always loved it. I think because I've always had a coach. Yeah. I was always an athlete yeah. and I always yeah. was like, I want to be better. So um, let me, um, well, I'll come back to that other thought that I had, but someone asked a great question. I believe this is Christy. Getting started is the hardest part. What suggestions do you have to get started and sticking to the 12-year plan?
0: Yeah. So whether it's the 12-week year or anything, I I agree. Starting is is really hard. Um, So here's what I talk about. Separate starting from finishing. It's it's like, um, let me give you an analogy. Let's say Um, you want to get on the treadmill, but you think about, geez, I don't want to be on that thing for half an hour. Don't think about finishing. Just go stand on the treadmill and see what happens. Right. It's, I, I want to write a book. Well, just carve out an hour to write, whether you write a sentence or you write pages really doesn't matter. Right. Just start. And so don't, don't, don't get all hung up on the journey and how far you have to go and what it's going to take to finish it just focus on the starting part of it. that's the best way to start. Just figure out one step you can take and so with the 12 week year it might be um, if you've read the book it might be uh, you know building your vision. it might be building out your first plan. it might be you know getting the power pack that we offer with videos and whatever it is. just figure out step one and take step one and then figure out step two and know that early on, all you're going to experience is the pain of change you're not going to experience a lot of benefits early on and that's why most people give up because the expectation is our whole society is geared to what I want it and I want it now <laughs> and and gratification it, it yeah worthwhile in life takes effort there's um, it, it takes a significant amount of effort so it's not one of those things that I put in time today and there's immediate benefits to it um hang on just a second someone walked in the office. You have to come back. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm in the office. I'm alone. But, uh, um, <laughs>
1: they need you. They need your time. I get yeah, it. I get it. Yeah. We're so appreciative of having you here.
0: Um. So so realize that. Look, when when you start down a path of uh, whether it's the twelve week year or certainly achieving um, goals that you haven't achieved before, you're going to have to take these actions that are going to be uncomfortable because they're different. And so early on, all you experience is the pain of change and there's no results. And you got to stay with it long enough to where the results start to come online and become self-reinforcing. That's why your comment earlier, Lois, about, hey, the first 12 weeks was kind of hard, but then I learned some things and I applied it to the next 12 weeks and the next 12 weeks. And um, so just be ready for the discomfort that comes with change and know that that's, that's kind of the early sign that that that's good. Things are changing you know we when we feel that discomfort we want to reconcile it and one of the ways to reconcile it, it is you kind of bail from it and that's really unproductive if you sit with it we call that productive tension that's where that that discomfort starts to work in your favor but there's a mindset that goes along with that that says okay i understand this is going to be comfortable the fact that i'm feeling it now is a good sign because it means i'm leaning into it and and i'm not i'm not afraid of that it's part of the process i understand it And I'm going to stick with it. And then as the results come online, whether it's increased income in your business, whether it's a few pounds lost, whether it's, you know, you're laughing more in your relationships, whatever that is, that starts to become self-reinforcing then.
1: Well, you talked about um, a lot of the similar things that reminds me of Zig Ziglar. You know, you don't have to be great to start. You just got to start to become great. And uh, the compound effect also gives great examples on health and wealth—it's—it's it's really a, again. I said it earlier. It's a journey, you guys. Um, Chris Cochino, one of my coaching clients, has sometimes I struggle to stay on track with the goals I set for myself, even when I look at my vision. And I encourage them to look at their vision daily. Do you have any advice on how to stay on track when things aren't going the way you think they should?
0: Yeah, it's a great question because it really is hard, right? When you're when you're out there slugging away and nothing's happening. Uh, it's really easy to get discouraged. And and I went through a really difficult time years ago when uh, we we literally lost everything. And I remember uh, I talking to a friend of mine. He actually was my boss back years ago when I worked for a consulting firm. And and uh, I said to Paul, I said, you know, Paul, it's really, it's it's even hard for me to dream about a better future because I'm so in the mud right now. And he said, you know, Brian, you can't stop dreaming. When you, When you stop dreaming, everything's over. And and so, you know, a lot of what we talk about in the twelve year is connecting your daily actions to that longer term vision. And and that's why you have to have a plan that's tactical because staying on track with your goals isn't about the outcomes; it's about the actions. And for so many people, their plans aren't tactical, so it's really hard to connect what I'm doing daily to the life I want to live and, and hitting that goal. When I have a tactical plan now, now I start to envision and see myself taking these actions, taking them consistently, taking them effectively, and connecting them to the things I want in life. So whether it's a new sports car, whether it's a new home, whether it's a family vacation, uh, a trip to Europe, whatever that is, I connect the actions to that. Um, you were an athlete, right? When you think about if all you thought about was the drudgery of the workouts, you're going to quit working out. But what, what when you thought about workouts, whether you knew it or not, is you immediately connected to how you wanted to perform in the event. You saw yourself getting the medal. You saw yourself crossing the finish line. That's what I'm talking about. Um, as, as you understand what are the critical tactics, what are the critical actions, to see yourself doing those, connecting those to the end result that you want, um, especially when it's not going the way you want it to. The other thing I would say about a tactical plan is if it's not going your way, you'll know specifically which actions are working and which ones aren't. So you're able to make smaller adjustments more frequently, which is how the 12-week year accelerates your success. But again, if you don't have a tactical plan, you can't do that. So if you're, if you're kind of wondering, hey, what's he talking about with tactics? Go back to the two chapters in the book and really look at that um, because it's critical.
1: So critical. And your book, I'm curious if you can, because I know you guys do coaching and I also do sales success coaching and I have multiple coaches, you know, talk about uh, your book on uh, accountability and, and what that looks like. Cause to be honest with you, I, I know I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for your book and very, very powerful accountable
0: coaches. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, most people equate accountability with consequences because that's how they've experienced it, right? They've had people hold them accountable, which usually means they've they've created some sort of negative consequence when when we've underperformed or when we've done something wrong. And and you hear it in society. You can go to any newscast or pick up any paper or anything like that. And somewhere in there you're going to hear about somebody talking about holding someone accountable. And it's always in a negative context. It's about what they did wrong and how we're going to punish them. Um so we've got that mindset, and yet inherently, I think we know that um, if I'm going to be successful, I got to be accountable. But but there's this, there's this loud noise saying no accountability is punishment. And, and so really helping people understand and demystify what accountability is, it's not about consequences at all. Accountability is really about ownership. It's this notion that we have free will choice and that you always have choice, regardless of the circumstances. And I'm not saying that we all have the same choices. I'm saying you always have choice. Viktor Frankl, in, in his book *Man's Search for Meaning*, you know, he was he was in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. And he talked about that very concept: how they could strip you of everything, but you still had a choice of whether they stripped you of your dignity or not, and and whether you decided whether you chose to live and carry on, or you let or you surrendered to it. And so, even in the, the most dire circumstances you still have choice. And that's really what accountability is. It's recognizing that I have choice and then taking ownership of those choices. Um, and so I stop looking outside of myself. I stop waiting for things to change. You know, who knows when this COVID thing's gonna be over, but I don't control that. So what I do control is in, in, in that environment, what are the things I can do to still be successful? What do I need to do to be healthy? What do I need to do to build my relationships? What do I need to do to build my business? Um, how do I serve more? How do I show up in a way that is, is relevant, and meaningful for people?
1: Yeah, hey, you're almost making me think of personal accountability is also personal responsibility. Um, I love that, you know, choosing from your highest and best good also is not easy when you have all these things swirling around you. But if you go in oh. inside, that's, that's reflection every day, if you can reflect on this kind of stuff every day and watch this episode again, guys, I'm going to be uploading it here in iTunes. It'll be in YouTube forever. So you guys can come back and grab some of this. I know you have uh, a gift. I don't see any other questions, guys. If you have any other questions, otherwise we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, But uh, I wanted to let them know that they can actually get your book. If you haven't gotten your book already, hopefully you haven't already be on Amazon <laughs> while you've been on here. Um, but you can go to thank you, Brian so much for your generosity on this, yeah. this discount. You guys can go to this website, 12 week year.com forward slash book. And there's a promo code specific to my podcast and it's HWW, which again stands for healthy, wealthy and wise. And how long will that promo code be good for?
0: How long do you want it good for a week? <laughs> We can leave it I would up to a week.
1: A week is good. Let's yeah. let's go for, for a, a, a week. So and, and actually how about through a week through Friday? Because this will be this will be coming into iTunes on, on Friday. So you guys have a, a full week. And then uh, we're actually gonna be doing a joint webinar. So today was kind of like a, a great introduction, a teaser, um, give you guys some more information. And then on September 29th, um, we're actually gonna be doing a webinar, finish the year strong. And it's, it's going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. So it's, it's free. Uh, and if you guys aren't already, I'm going to be, uh, I don't have a landing page up for it yet. That's going to happen here soon in the next week or two. If you're inside of my Healthy and Wealthy and Wise Facebook community, um, you'll hear all about it. You can register on that landing page inside of that group. And I'll also email it out to those of you that are on my email list. Is there anything else you want to share with us today, Brian, that is, you think, gosh, these guys really need to know this um, finishing out the year strong.
0: Yeah. The, the one thing I think that's really important is you are capable of more than you know, and it's not about, um, about you stepping up and being a superstar. It's about you doing the daily mundane. Cause it's not the sexy things that really create the success in life. You know, uh, and yet we're led to believe that we're led to believe that success should be overnight that the success curve is straight up and and it's all these fun things the real the real success is doing the daily mundane right if you if you want to build wealth you have to spend less than you make and invest the difference if you want to be healthy you can't go from the south beach diet to paleo to keto you have to exercise regularly daily and and any area of your life It's, it's pretty much the same, whether it's your business, your health, your relationships, it's about being clear on the things that, that really drive success. And then just being consistent with them, not being perfect, right? Give yourself some grace. The 12 week is a guilt-free zone, but just know that you're capable of so much more if you focus in and you commit to taking the action and you just be more consistent with it. Consistency. uh, So key, so key. Um, I,
1: and you kind of already asked, I always like to finish out with my signature question. So it almost sounds like you, you were in tune with what I was going to ask Brian. But since my show is called Healthy and Wealthy and Wise, and that has a tremendous amount of meaning for me, because like you were sharing earlier, uh, I went, I fell on hard times. I lost everything and my health was also lost. And for me, that was the most valuable thing. And it, it took me like five years to recover from all of that. I know there's a lot of people hurting right now, going through different kinds of trauma. And when you hear the phrase "healthy and wealthy and wise," what does that mean for Brian Moran?
0: Well, that's that's kind of core to my, my life. You know, for me, I, I'm faith-based, so everything everything starts there. And it's about really having routines to stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. So, so for me, you know, I start my day with prayer and meditation. Um, there's, there's something I'm listening to every day that is encouraging me that I'm gaining wisdom from. Um, I've got tactics in my plan about working out at least four times a week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm building my business. So yeah, when I put a plan together, it, it addresses all of those areas, all three of those areas. There's always something around my health. There's something about me growing in wisdom and growing in relationships. And there's something about me Um, having a bigger impact and growing my business and growing my income.
1: Awesome. Wow. I know I've learned so much today. Someone had asked me, what have I learned today? And I I can't even answer that question. I've got (laughs) to, I've got to like digest and go through this and listen again and and take copious notes. Uh, Thank you so much. I look forward to having that webinar with you again, September 29th, guys, put it on your calendar. Uh, And you can also subscribe to my email list at healthyandwealthyandwise.com. So you'll get the information on how to register for that amazing, amazing event. And go ahead and make sure if you haven't already go to uh, the 12weekyear.com forward slash book you have a, until a week from friday with the promo code um saves you five dollars off so um every penny counts right now so i appreciate you brian thank yeah. you guys so much for tuning in on this special edition again my name is lois kofi uh, until next time here's to your best health your best wealth and your best wisdom bye-bye for now Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiscoffee.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.